Hello, and welcome to a week eight edition of the Waiver Wire Show. My name is Adam Levitan. As always, joined by our Waiver Wire specialist here at Establish the Run, Sam Sherman, for yet another week in which we have actually a decent amount of viable options off the wire. Sam, how's it going today? I'm doing great, Adam. Uh, last week, didn't have as many major injuries as we did the past couple of weeks, but still some guys here, some running backs, some wide receivers that can help uh, our fantasy teams for the stretch run here. I want to be clear, if those are watching on YouTube, we do have thresholds for guys that we talk about. Dalton Kincaid, we will mention on this show, but I will say that Dalton Kincaid was a little bit too already rostered to make our graphic here for those of you watching on YouTube. Um, and also Kareem Hunt in the wake of the Jerome Ford injury is too owned to be on this graphic here, but they are certainly both very strong ads. Maybe we should just start there off the top. Yeah. Sam, if you, if Don Kincaid or cream hunt is available in your wire, is that a break the fab situation for you? Or what do you think about for people who have those two guys, Kincaid and hunt on their wire? Yeah. Starting with hunt. I don't think he's necessarily a break the fab ad just because the Jerome Ford injury is reportedly minor. I know Schefter mentioned he expects him just to miss one to two weeks. Now, we know with high ankle sprains, that could linger to three, four, maybe five weeks. That said, it's it's not a season-ending injury for Ford. So as a result of that, I wouldn't go all out for Kareem Hunt if he's available on the wire. That said, he is a very good add, you know, maybe up to 50, 60% of your fab. If you're super desperate for running back points, I can see going close to all in there. but. Um, yeah, he's somewhere in that range for me. Do you, do you agree with that, Adam, or I, any, any thoughts on Hunt? See, my, my thought is that I think that they're going to be very aggressive with Kareem Hunt's role here in the short term. Um, they have Pierre Strong. They added Jordan Wilkins. They might bring Deion Jackson back on the practice squad, but Kareem Hunt is clearly the best guy that they have. And... He knows the system he's been with Cleveland for so long. So I assume Kareem is healthy. I think he got banged up in that game against Indy, and that's why Pierre Strong played so much. I do think that Kareem Hunt is a pretty good ad. And on Jerome Ford, I mean, Schefter qual called it a low-grade high ankle sprain. There's, there's no such thing. A high ankle sprain is trouble, man. They told us Kyron Williams was only going to be out a week, maybe. Now Kyron yeah. Williams is on IR with a high ankle sprain. So, Yeah. I think that it's pretty strong here. We do have uh, uh, Pierre Strong on this list, though, while we're on Brown's running back. Assuming Kareem Hunt is gone, what do you think about adding Pierre Strong here this week, Sam? Yeah, I think Pierre Strong is a strong add, uh, no pun intended. He wasn't basically a 50-50 splint with Kareem Hunt last week after Jerome Ford got injured. Now, I think that's because either Hunt got banged up in the game. He also entered the game with a groin injury. We actually had doubts as late as, you know, Sunday morning about if Hunt would even play last week. So I think that's why Strong saw so much playing time. I would not expect it to be a 50-50 split between Hunt and Strong, probably something closer to 70-30, 60-40 in favor of Hunt. That said, I think Strong is going to be somewhat of a 1B in this backfield. And again, just getting the guy who's one injury away from a bigger role is always a pretty good ad off the wire. So I do like Strong as sort of a tier three or four ad this week, maybe sprinkle zero to 5% of your fab, something like that. I don't think he's going to cost you a lot to add. Yeah, him. 
I mean, my concern is that they've mostly just seen Strong as a special teamer this year, and I think that's ideally how they want to use him. So, yeah, I'm not going to go nuts on Strong. The Rams running backs are the story of the week, which actually kind of confuses me. Like, hopefully you guys are in-season subscribers and you watch the show on Friday night because we talked on Friday about how Zach Evans was going to be a zero. Henderson and Royce Freeman were going to be the starters here. They also have Miles Gaskin who could come off of uh, who was inactive this past week, but could be active in week eight. And then they have Kyron, of course, who's on IR. Now, Daryl Henderson was ahead of Royce Freeman. They were both pretty good in that game against the Steelers. I don't see much reason for them to change anything going forward, i.e. Henderson, the 1A, Royce Freeman, the 1B. Sam, how would you be handling Rams running back off the wire this week? Yeah, so... Amongst the you know most commonly owned players, and I define that as players that are less than 30% or so owned on ESPN, Darrell Henderson is my top ad of the week. He's like, yeah, like you mentioned, I'm shocked he only got to 12% owned on ESPN. I guess like a more macro level take for you guys out, out there, make sure you're monitoring news throughout the week. Don't just read my waivers article on Tuesday and Wednesday and then make your claims and log out. I, I do the best I can with the information I have on, you know, on Tuesday, but these things change a ton during the week. So Henderson was a clear situation where things changed and he should be, you know, 50, 60% at, uh, added already. But anyways, yeah, like you said, I, I don't see why they would change up Henderson's sort of one, a usage in Los Angeles. He's familiar with the system. He played well enough, you know, converted a short yardage touchdown was relatively efficient on the ground. I expect this sort of 1A, 1B situation to hold until Kyron Williams returns. And we should get a pretty decent stretch of games, maybe three to four more games with Henderson in that role. I think he'll project a sort of a low-end RB2 throughout that time period. And that makes him worth, you know, 20, 30% of your fab, I think, to get an RB2 for the next handful of weeks. Um, Yeah, agreed. And, and I, you know... Sam's point about understanding adding guys when there's news on Friday, Saturday, Sunday is a huge edge. There's just not that many people that are thinking about doing that. I mentioned Kincaid at the top. We do have Trey McBride in here. We got news this morning that Zach Ertz would miss uh, in at least the next four weeks mm -hmm. with an injury. Trey McBride, who I think should have been playing 100% of the snaps anyways, now projects to be around 100%. Meanwhile, Don Kincaid gets the Dawson Knox injury. I'm curious who you would prefer there if they're both available, Don Kincaid or Trey McBride going forward? Yeah, I do prefer Kincaid there just for the offensive environment. You know, e even with Kyler Murray perhaps coming back in the next couple of weeks, the Bills week over week are just going to project a score so many more points than the Arizona Cardinals. And I just want a piece of that offense, uh, of the better offense in that situation. Now, Kincaid, the stats, if you look at them, they haven't been great so far. Obviously, he had a pretty good game last week, going eight for 75, I believe, on eight targets. Besides that, he has not really earned targets at a high rate, has not really ran a lot of routes, but that is going to change when Dawson Knox uh, exits the picture. I think he's going to move to close to a full-time player. And if he can just be okay at earning targets on sort of a high-volume Bill's offense, I think he's going to be the much higher upside add than Trey McBride. Yeah, I mean, Dalton Kincaid's ADOT still concerns me, right? Even in this game this past week against the Patriots, it was four yards. It's really hard to have big fantasy games when your ADOT is four yards. But what you saw against the Patriots, eight catches for 70 yards. 
I mean, that's a smash at tight end, right? And I do think that that's definitely possible for Duncan Cade. Certainly think he's a little bit better in full PPR uh, than half or non. But yeah, I, I think so too. I am excited for Trey McBride though. You know, former Mackey Award winner. Kyler should be back in week nine or week 10. We have Kyler on the list here also. And so, yeah, I think if you need tight end help, it's thin, but I'd be willing to at least take a shot on Trey McBride. Uh, we also have Kyler on the list here and Amari DiMercato. Weird stuff with Amari DiMercato this past week where he went from basically Keontae Ingram was the feature back to Keontae Ingram played zero snaps, offensive snaps in week seven. They get DiMercato back in the mix here. I know people were killing themselves over uh, torching too much fab on Amari DiMercato, but now maybe they should be happy about it. I don't know. Do you have any read on this Arizona running back situation, Sam? Yeah, I'm getting whiplash for this one. I felt like an idiot for <laughs> recommending him as the top ad two weeks ago, and now maybe that prediction is working out. Honestly, I think anyone who's saying they know what's going on in this Arizona backfield is lying to themselves. I think the team is firmly in experimentation mode in the absence of James Conner. And I wouldn't be shocked if next week we see Keontae Ingram back in the picture or a bigger role for Damian Williams. I think we just have to admit that we can't expect DeMarcado's workhorse role in week seven to be sticky. That said, there's a chance of it, right? There's a chance he holds this role. And that makes him certainly worthy adding off the waiver wire. I have him, I have him as a top three add off waivers this week. I think in the range of five to 15% of your fab is reasonable. Just... Don't be caught off guard if next week he's, you know, back to a more limited role. I think it's just hard to predict what's going on here. Yeah. And it's, you know, James Conner is not out for the season. You know, at some point yeah. he's going to be back. And, you know, but I do think Kyler Murray coming back um, does help them. And if you do need quarterback help, like people who may have had Deshaun Watson or Justin Fields or something like that, I do think Kyler, again, will be back week nine or week 10 for people looking to explore that route couple wide receivers I wanted to mention that are on our list here. Kendrick Bourne continues to play well anytime Juju Smith-Schuster is out. I mean, clearly Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne have something going on. Also, Jalen Hyatt is now a full-time player and a very talented one, I think, at that in terms of big plays. Deeper leagues for Jalen Hyatt. It's not going to – the floor is like zero every week. Yeah. But deeper leagues for Jalen Hyatt I think is interesting. Any more wide receiver takes? Oh, and Jaden Reed we also have on the list with Christian Watson getting banged up uh, late in that game before. Yep, those are all good to note. And I think, yeah, on, on Reed, monitor the Watson injury stuff. It seems like reports are that the MRI uh, came back negative. So it seems that Watson is okay. I think there's still a chance he misses some games, which would make Reed more interesting. The final one I wanted to add on wide receivers that I think are going under the radar this week Demario Douglas uh, on the New England Patriots. He's a rookie six-round wide receiver from Liberty. He actually surpassed Devontae Parker in routes last week. He was up to 75% of routes, drew some targets on his routes. He's actually top 20 in the NFL on a small sample size in terms of targets per route run. So again, this is more in terms of sort of a deep league stash, but I think there is a chance the Patriots say, hey, Devontae Parker, hey, Juju Smith-Schuster, you guys can't really provide anything at this point in your NFL career. Let's roll out the younger player and Kendrick Bourne and maybe, you know, the offense looked more passable this past week with Douglas playing this larger role. So anyways, um, that's more time than we need to spend on Demario Douglas, but I think he's an interesting stash for deeper leagues. Uh, one more on this page here. Devin Singletary 
played like slightly ahead of Damian Pierce in her game before the bye, which was so weird. I don't really know what was going on there. I don't think that's going to be sticky, but Devin Singletary is only 14% owned on Yahoo. If he's going to continue to play 1A or 1B with Damian Pierce, certainly worth an add for some people. I do think Pierce will be back to his ahead role this week, though. Any thoughts on Singletary? Yeah, I feel similarly to you. I think he's worth adding. You know, anytime we see a running back play the majority of the snaps, they're certainly worth adding off the waiver wire. I would expect Pierce to bounce back and have the top role again, but frankly, I don't have a ton of certainty in that. And I just kind of want pieces of this Texans uh, offense, right? Like CJ Stroud's playing really well. They have a good set of weapons, pretty good tight end, Dalton Schultz. I think there's a chance that these running backs uh, will score more touchdowns in the stretch than they have to start the year. And if you get a chance at getting a lead back on Houston for what I assume you can get Singletary for pretty cheap off the waiver wire this week, I think he's certainly worthy of an ad. Yeah, just one more follow-up on the Jaden Reed thing. Christian Watson did say that he feels like he's going to be fine, just has to get some of the pain and swelling out of his knee there. So we'll see, but it doesn't sound like a long-term thing for Christian Watson, but still, it's not like he's some massive target earner anyways. So yeah. All right. Keep it moving to best of rest targets. Anybody here you want to highlight? Sam, obviously we had Marvin Mims run a season high in routes per dropback and the Jerry Judy trade rumors are coming. However, Marvin Mims continues to underperform and score. I believe he scored negative points again this week. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on the best of the rest here? Yeah. Um, a couple of guys that uh, I, I know we've talked a lot of these guys before, but a, a few things worth mentioning. Michael Wilson, I think, is intriguing just because of Kyler Murray's return. He hasn't really been someone who's worthy of consideration in your starting lineup so far this year. But if Murray returns and plays well, Wilson is sort of the clear wide receiver, too, on that offense. I think he could be interesting down the stretch. Another guy on the running back side is Chris Rodriguez. Again, more for deeper leagues. He kind of forced a three-way committee in Washington, getting seven carries to Brian Robinson's eight last week and had more touches than Antonio Gibson over the past two weeks. So if you are looking sort of for the contingency stash in Washington, I actually feel better about it being Chris Rodriguez than Antonio Gibson at this point. And I also even think that they could just involve the rookie more down the stretch without an injury to Brian Robinson. I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but you know, he's someone worth mentioning in deeper leagues for sure. Um, we do have Trey McBride ahead of Michael Mayer. I, I do want to be clear that Michael Mayer's role was still really good in that game against the Bears. They pulled the starters late and Michael Mayer got pulled with the rest of the starters. So his underlying usage doesn't look great, but I still think Michael Mayer has a good and ascending role for this Raiders team. So I would have it pretty close between him uh, and McBride. I would agree with Sam that Dalton Kincaid is a cut above those two guys at the tight end. Uh, position. We are one week away from the trade deadline. You know, the big one is Jerry Judy. There's some other guys out there that could be moved to open up things. Derek Henry could get traded. I mean, Taji Spears should is not on this list because he's too owned. But if Taji yeah. Spears is on your wire, you need to have Taji Spears badly ahead of this trade deadline. There's been some other rumors. You know, we've tried to stay on top of it as part of the rest of the season top 150. But yeah, there's other trade rumors out there too. Anything else ahead of the trade deadline that you want to mention, Sam? Um, no, I don't think 
anything anything else that I could think of trade related. The one other thing I did want to mention, sorry, not related to the trade deadline, is um, the Bill situation with Khalil Shakir. He's moved into the number three wide receiver on the Bills, and also with Dawson Knox out, I think they're going to be forced to run a lot yes. more three wide receiver sets. So Definitely. he's someone who's maybe somewhat viable as a start if he can hold down the slot role and has some contingent upside if Diggs or Davis were to be injured. So he's he's worth mentioning here. Yeah, their number three tight end, Quentin Morris, is also hurt. I'm not sure if he's going to be up this week or not, but yeah, I mean, they've been running so many two tight end sets and three tight end sets, and they're going to be have to go three wide receiver a ton, Will, the Bills. Should we get to some deep league? Oh, you want to do drops or deep league? Um, we can do we can do deep league. I don't think much to to hit on the drops. Okay. Deep league, we get names such as exciting names such as Miles Gaskin, who I mentioned, Brandon Powell, who is running a ton of routes for the Vikings, who had a, actually a pretty decent game last night with Justin Jefferson out, and then we get the Pierre Strong situation. Also, anybody you want to highlight here for our deep league friends? Yeah, a couple situations um, I want to call out. The Bengals and Bucks backfields are both in this similar situation where the starter has just been incredibly inefficient. Now, I don't think in Cincinnati we're going to see Travion Williams or Chase Brown overtake Joe Mixon. I'm not saying that, but I think it's it's at least possible they use the bye week to figure out which one of these backup running backs they want to give a little bit more run to. Man, Mixon's just been so, so, so bad. And I know they trust him in pass protection. Um, and, it, it, you know, just him being an inefficient runner doesn't mean he's going to get off the field. But I think in deeper leagues, just taking a stab in one of these backup Cincinnati running backs is interesting to see if they have a bigger role out of the bye. And then in Tampa Bay, kind of a similar situation. I have both Keyshawn Vaughn and Chase Edmonds, who's set to return from IR on this list. Again, super deep league stuff we're talking about here, but one of these Tampa Bay running backs does have an opportunity if they can be a better rusher than Rashad White. Uh, but man, it's just been it's been rough for all Tampa Bay running backs, so it's, it's hard to make a confident prediction there. How about Jake Bobo, man? Steve from yeah. Florida, the artist known as Steve from Florida, actually was like almost a one-for-one -one replacement with DK Metcalf in terms of usage and had... A pretty nice game. Jake Bobo has also had a pretty nice preseason. Obviously, JSN's role expanded, but Jake Bobo's role actually changed the most. I don't think that DK Metcalf's injury is serious in long term, but I just want to put that out there to the extreme deep leaguers that if DK Metcalf is going to miss, it looks like Jake Bobo is a one-for-one -one replacement there. Also, we do have Donald Parham on the list here. Gerald Everett hurt his quad last week. Everybody knows Donald Parham by now. Hashtag Team XFL. Awesome, awesome player who has never gotten enough opportunity. If you're in a pinch, Donald Parham with Gerald Everett possibly out could work. Mentioned Brandon Powell. Those would probably be my favorites. Oh, and Pop Douglas. Those would be my favorites on this list here. Anything else you want to talk about on Deep League, Sam? Um, two last final things. Uh, I think Juwan Jennings, kind of similar to Jake Bobo. If Debo misses a game, the Jennings role was actually quite strong on Monday night. He had nine targets, five catches. He was clearly the guy who got the bump in usage over Ray Ray McLeod. Um, so yeah, if you're really in a pinch, I think you could start him while Debo's out. And then the final thing I'll mention, I think as we shift the playoffs, if you're rostering some like really dusty tight ends, like, Durham, Smythe, like guys like that here are just never going to start. 
just pick up Noah Gray and stash him instead. Like I, I know rostering handcuffed tight ends is not that common in fantasy, but if Kelsey were to get injured, I think Noah Gray immediately becomes what a top 12 uh, tight end in terms of projection and fantasy. And he's widely available in these tight end premium leagues. I don't really get it. I think he's a you know really high upside stash if Kelsey were to go down. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that one. All right. Anything else you want to say about waivers this week or shall we get to the questions that the people have let's get to questions let's get to questions all right first one from fantasy zeke says if you're trotting out streamer tight ends such as logan thomas how aggressive should i be going after dalton kincaid in fab i don't think logan thomas is like that bad of an option in the in the right spots obviously i prefer kincaid how aggressive do you think fantasy zeke should be here sam yeah so i think not that aggressive i would say something in the range of 10 to 20 percent for kincaid and that's because yeah i think you look at logan thomas's underlying usage it's actually better than dalton kincaid's been thus far there's also going to be other guys likely available on waivers in your league like trey mcbride jake ferguson maybe michael mayer maybe and i do like kincaid better than all these guys i'm not saying that he's not my preferred target of the bunch but I wouldn't spend a ton to go Kincaid over McBride or Kincaid over Logan Thomas. Like, I don't think it's that different. I'd prefer to save my fab for, you know, handcuff running backs and situations like that later in the season, I think. BH for press says, does Kendry Miller have any contingent upside? I feel like even if Kamara goes down, Jamal Williams will have most of the base down work and all of the goal line work is KM Kendry Miller droppable. Sounds like a sharp guy here because that was the same thought that I had. And I kind of think that Kendry Miller is droppable. They have shown very little faith in Kendry Miller. What do you think about this one? Yeah, man, I, I, it's a bummer because he's a rookie that we we're excited about. But I think in in your shallow, you know, most home league formats, he's he's firmly droppable. I mean, even when both Jamal and Kamara were out, we saw like a 50-50 split with Tony Jones. Like, man, if you're rostering one of these backup running backs, you want to have someone that you know is going to be going into a big role if the starter goes down. And I don't think we know that at all about Kendra. So yeah, shallow leagues. I think he's definitely droppable. Josh says, what are some of the best stashes to return late season value that could be available on the waiver wires? So I don't want to just throw some names out off the top of my head here. We weren't really prepared for this question, but we are adding to Jack's buy sell article. For those of you guys who have DraftKit Pro or in season, we're adding to Jack's weekly buys and sells article, a section about um, preparing for the playoffs, about if you have a 5-0, and o, if you have a 6-1 and one team, if you have a 4-2 and two team, whatever, if you have a, a very good team, guys that you can be stashing for late season value to answer Josh's question. So be sure to check that out. T-Boz says, is Kyler Murray worth the stash for the playoffs? He has a week 14 buy and then a matchup against the 49ers in week 15. I personally would not consider Kyler Murray like, set it and forget it. Oh, I got this great quarterback. He would just be like a top end streamer type quarterback for me to see how he plays. We know he needs mobility. He's coming off an ACL. So there's plenty of risk here, but yeah, Sam, what do you think about Kyler Murray as a stash for the playoff push? Yeah, I think he's definitely worth the stash. I understand uh, T boss's concerns with the buy and the 49ers matchup, but man, a lot of these Back-end quarterback ones are either injured or struggling. You know, Justin Fields has, doesn't have a firm timetable for return. Deshaun Watson looks really rough. Anthony Richardson's out for the year. Daniel Jones is injured. Like, a lot of these teams who have back-end quarterback ones are probably struggling for quarterback points right now. 
So in that context, I think Kyler Murray is definitely worth a stash if you're on you if you have one of those teams that has sort of a struggling quarterback thus far. Steph Diggs Burner says, "Is Tank Bigsby still considered a high end handcuff, or is it time to grab Jarek McKinnon? McKinnon had a long touchdown called back, reminiscent of last year. I still think that if something happened to Travis Etienne, it would be mostly Tank Bigsby. I, I can't say that with a ton of confidence, but that's still what I think." Curious what you think, Sam. And also, like, Jerick McKinnon is really hard to start. I mean, he has so many, like, zero-point games in his bag. I know he can score touchdowns because he's used around the red zone a lot. But, yeah, what do you think about this one, Sam Tank, Bigsby, or Jerick McKinnon? Yeah, so if the question is, like, who has more contingent upside, I think it is Tank, Bigsby. Um, he, even though they have been mixing in to Ernest Johnson a little bit, it still has been Bigsby as sort of the clear running back to over Dernis Johnson in Jacksonville. And I think if Pacheco went down, you'd see a lot more CEH uh, in that situation. And McKinnon's role wouldn't change drastically. I think you would see more McKinnon, but not like a 70%, 80% snap player by any means. So yeah, if we're talking contingent upside, I'd go with Tank Bigsby. I will caveat that by saying, man, like, when you watch Tank Bigsby in games thus far, he looks not good at yeah. all. But, I mean, he's a rookie and could get better. But it has been a very, very ugly start to his NFL career. Well, it's been ugly for him, and ETN has been awesome. And that's kind of allowed the Jaguars to literally barely play Tank Bigsby. Like, barely. His touch projection each week is like two, maybe three. Yeah. MLB PMAO says, is Zach Charbonnet still a good bench stash for, for Kenneth Walker owners? I'm five and two and have Walker. So thinking he's a good pickup after he was dropped last week or prefer Roshan. We also got a similar question from Snoop Frog who said, when Roshan Johnson returns, will he immediately jump into the 1A for the Bears or did he miss his opportunity to take command of the backfield? If I have, Char if I have Walker on my team and Charbonnet's out there, I am adding Charbonnet for sure. I know that like there's a lot of anti-handcuff bros out there. We are now in week eight and I've seen enough to know that if something happened to Kenneth Walker, I think Zach Charbonnet would easily be a top 15 running back. Roshan's situation is a bit different. Deontay Foreman played well. Khalil Herbert will be back in, you know, who knows, three, four weeks or something like that. I think Roshan's going to be part of a committee no matter what, whereas Charbonnet could actually, if something happened to Walker, get the whole job. But yeah, what do you think there about Roshan's situation coming back and any Charbonnet thoughts, Sim? Yeah, so obviously, like, if you had to start one of them next week or maybe in two weeks, Roshan would be better. But if we're talking upside for a stash, I think Charbonnet is just a much, much better stash than Roshan. Man, the Bears are just not... I know we saw last week Donta Foreman go off, but up until last week, they'd been, like, bottom three in the NFL in terms of generating fantasy points to the running back position. With Justin Fields in there at quarterback, it just doesn't really do a lot for the running backs. And also, Donta Foreman's just a really good rusher. Like I, I, I tweeted this out before the show, but he was number one, obviously a small sample, but he's been number one in rushing success rate in the NFL this far this year, number five in rush yards over expected per attempt. And that's not some like fluky one game sample because last year in 2022, on a much bigger sample, he was first in the NFL in rushing success rate and ninth top 10 in rush yards over expected. So I just think it's going to be like sort of a Gus Edwards, Justice Hill type committee in Chicago between uh, Donta Foreman and Roshan Johnson, where they play similar numbers of snaps. But I would expect Foreman 
the bigger back to get the goal line carries and get most of the carries there. So I don't know. I, I just can't get that excited about Roshan. I think we're talking about a 50, 50 guy in a bears backfield. I'd much rather have the upside of Charbonnet uh, compared to Roshan. I think. Okay. Last one we're going to do today comes from flicker. He says, how do you play the possible Titan sell-off? Are Malik Willis, Will Levis, Tajay Spears, Traylon Burks worth pursuing? So um, we already mentioned this briefly. To be clear, now that they traded Kevin Bayard, who is very, very good NFL player, it seems like perhaps they're opening the floodgates to trade away guys like Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins before the Halloween trade deadline. Traylon Burks has been out with a knee injury, but he reportedly practiced all week during the bye, whatever that means. We'll see his week eight status here. Obviously, it will be a boost for him if DeAndre Hopkins goes. Taji Spears should be on a team right now. If he's not, you should add him quickly. The quarterback situation, though, man, that could really mess everything up because if Tannehill goes and they have to go to one of Will Levis or Malik Willis, I have major concerns about the validity of this offense going forward. So what do you think about Traylon Burks? I know we've talked about him as a drop candidate before. Any other Titans thoughts here? Yeah, I I think the player I'm most interested in on this list, like by far, is is Ty J Spears. The rest of these guys, man, I have a, I have a hard time getting excited about either of these quarterbacks. I guess in super flex leagues, they're becoming uh, relevant, even without a trade because Tannehill's banged up right now. I think you can sort of make speculative ads on both of these guys in super flex leagues, and then in, for Burks. Man, I I don't know. I, I guess he's kind of like Quentin Johnston for me, where if I can and I do have the bench space, I do want to stash him because I, I like the talent profile, you know, high draft capital. But A, he just hasn't shown a ton in his NFL career. And then B, this situation is just going to be so, so bad with either Malik Willis or uh, Will Levis throwing him the ball that, I understand if you if you want to drop him for someone like Josh Downs, um, oh. Kendrick Bourne, um, you know, Darrell Henderson, even I, I'm cutting him for those guys for sure. Yeah, agreed. I, I don't feel like I'm missing out on that much by not having Traylon Burks on my team. And I like Traylon Burks. I like him way more than Quentin Johnston. Generally, I mean, at least Traylon Burks has had some flashes in the NFL that he can really be good. We have not seen anything close to that from Quentin Johnston so far. All right. Appreciate the questions from everyone. As always, that is going to do it for your week eight waiver wire show. For more in-depth on everybody that's available on the waiver and fab recommendations, head to establishtherun.com. Check out Sam's article for Sam, for producer Steven. I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. 